You prick. No, don't just be sorry. Think for one fucking second. The, the fuck are you doing? Are you professional or not? Yes, no, shut the fuck up, Bruce. Do I want... No! No! Don't shut me up. And what the fuck is it with you? What don't you fucking understand? Fuck's sake, man, you're amateur. I'm, I'm done with the new music. Hip-hop-y-wop-bop. Made of fail. We were unpopular before it was cool. Come on, let's get this gay show on the gay road. Back off, man. I'm a scientist. It makes sense now. Yeah, it's not falling into place. Of course, that place is nowhere near this place. Welcome to Made to Fail, episode 67, take three, I am Dana. I'm George. Yeah, take three. We, uh, <laughs> it's been a while. Not entirely our fault. We wanted to take a month off after the anniversary video to recharge, and, um, the universe said, hey, how about two? Does two work for you? Because we can do two. Just to, you know. Yeah, we had a whole episode done. George's computer just fucking ate it. Five-year-old so- laptop, people. <laughs> I have a fucking eight-year-old Dell, and that still works. Um, nom, 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 um, And as you can hear, we have a pony. I mean, we have a Tessa. I mean, no, I think I was right the first time. Hi, Tessa. Oh, hi. Hi. How's it going? It goes. Yep. So, yeah, hopefully... Wait, wait, wait. Uh, we what? also have new blood. Hi. New blood for the blood god. Would new you technically still be uh, new blood since this is take three? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody say we, hello. We to went you. on for a while that time too, yeah. so it's like. <laughs> Can I talk and do the intro? No. <laughs> you guys are assholes. Say hello, new listeners, friends, peoples, whatever. I'm fucking up the intro. Kara Russell, artist hey. extraordinaire, game developer, designer, creator Person of things, who does stuff, all the things. The girl who says, "What is it when they say?" Girls can't do blank. You're all like, watch I already did me. that. <laughs> yeah, either watch me or I already did that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Look at me do the thing. <laughs> Kara, I'm yeah. gonna start with you. Tell all our right. listeners what you do, what your websites are, and stuff, stuff, stuff. All right, my Twitter is virtual Kara v i r t u a l c a r a. My website is ckrussell.com or virtualkara.net or virtualcara.tumblr.com. And at any of those places, you can find a whole ton of pictures that I did. whole ton of pictures and comics and stuff. You actually have a comic running right now. I do. You it do. Is, <laughs> it finally is, because, uh, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a while, and it wasn't up the first time we recorded. Uh, it is called Colt. It's a future cyberpunk... Or no, I, I, I call it a, a western punk... <laughs> hmm. Story about so. cowboys and <laughs> my pitch is not great, but anyway, you can find that on gravityshift.net backslash cold. We will link it in the show notes. Yes, thank you. Tess. Yes. You been? I've been good. Is it is it too late now to talk about the last time we you went to a BronyCon or 
<laughs> oh, <laughs> do we it, even want to try? I, I, half a year from now, it won't be too late for me to talk about Burning Con. Do, do we sacrifice? <laughs> what, what was it? Like every single thing in the month of August went to shit with podcasts and and Pretty reviews much, and people yeah. recording. Ours got lost. <laughs> Somebody else has got lost. My friend Will did a whole fucking review of The Last of Us, and that got completely eaten. Like everybody who's been doing, uh, Anglophies, their their show got eaten. The one that Cleo Linda was doing on Hannibal. <laughs> oh my god, it was just Seriously? the worst. Yeah. Wow. So oh over at Anglophies, they're like, you have to sacrifice an avocado, and I'm like, well, I don't have any. Can I sacrifice a virgin? Kevin goes, well, where are you gonna find one? I go comic book store. So um, so yeah. Yeah. Um. Beginning of last month now, <laughs> I uh, I went to BronyCon in um, Baltimore, um, which was freaking amazing. Um, that was from the second to the fourth, yeah, that weekend. Um, like I don't want to gush for too long about it because <laughs> if I if I start getting picking up momentum on it i'll just keep going but it was um easily the best convention i've ever been to um at least just in my own experience um it was so much fun i did so much stuff there um the panels were amazing um they didn't have quite the the same caliber of guests that they that they did last year but um but who they had was still really really fun um they uh one of the highlights during the the voice acting panel was um uh Lisa Carr and uh, Michelle Kraber um who Lee voices um Snips and Michelle voices uh Apple Bloom and they halfway through the 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 panel got out of their seats and started doing interpretive dance it was um they're both kind of silly and um yeah, so that was a lot of fun. Um, oh my god! So um, I spent a lot more money than I care to admit uh, <laughs> in the dealer's room. Worth it? Huh? Worth it? Oh my gosh, totally. But um, but just don't ask me the number because I won't give it. I <laughs> uh, picked up a bunch of plushies. Picked up a ton of prints that I don't actually know where most of them are going to go on the walls because I'm not sure I actually have them a trim. Um, picked up, um, gosh, what else? Uh, <laughs> uh, all the things, all the jewelry things. and yeah, just a ton of, a ton of crap. Um, I, um, on my Facebook, I put up a, uh, a gallery of all the stuff that I bought. Um, but most people can't see that cause it's friends luck. So I probably should throw up, pictures on Twitter or something. Um, but anyways, there, there was also, um, the concert, um, what was, it was Friday and Saturday night. Um, I wasn't there on Friday, but apparently, um, oh crap, I can't remember the actual number. They, um, I'm trying to think of the right word. They, it was, it, it, people were, I guess, rocking so hard during it that it nearly collapsed the building. Like it actually registered on um, like on the Richter scale that they had like they had a, a what is it a um, seismograph on in the basement of the of the convention center and um, apparently it actually registered as a small earthquake. I am trying <laughs> so hard not to make a stampede. 
Uh, well, I wasn't there on um, on Friday, which was when this actually happened. Because on Saturday, when I did go, which was still like really amazing and really um, like I danced like an idiot all freaking night long. But um, it um, apparently that Friday, my um, one of my friends that I that did go that night, like he was on his way up the. Um, the dance itself was actually, uh, or the concert itself was actually on the fourth floor of the convention center. So as he got up to the third on his way up, he could actually feel the floor beneath him kind of um, buckle. <laughs> um, and he wasn't even up to the, to the top yet. Um, apparently, <laughs> apparently the, like the giant speakers that were hanging from the ceiling, um, the supports actually gave out and the only reason that they didn't fall on people was because the emergency support like the emergency wiring actually did its job and held it in place that's that's Um, actually kind of frightening it is actually yeah i um it uh they they very quickly kind of enacted some some rules on on like people they're like they like okay you can't you guys can't um well, you guys can't jump. Basically, was was the rule in place for Saturday night. Um, but but Chris Cross is going to make. Shut up. Anyways, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. It was so much fun, though. One of the uh, one of the guests there, um, they had Andy Price and Katie Cook, and I can't remember the colorist name, but they're the the people who work on the My Little Pony comics. Um. And they were a ton of fun to listen to, um, talk about working on that um, during their panel. Um, George, you uh, did you tell Tessa that you know Andy Price? Uh, no, do I don't think I did. Or? No, um, I've known Andy for about twenty years now. Um, we used to LARP together. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah, Andy's cool. Um, he's he's the reason I got introduced to um, Evil Dead. So, oh okay, yeah. He was like I said, the, the, their panel was a lot of fun to, to listen in on. They they both like both of them seemed really really fun. Yep. Yeah. And anyway, let's. Oh, I got stuff to be angry about. I'm so happy. Yeah. Tess, you were saying um, before you were saying before the show that like the whole universe sort of like you know the stars align and came together well, for me to, to, we, to say shit about on the show. Yeah, well, it, it kind of on on all ends of what we were talking about last week or not last week, whatever it was that we recorded last. Um, stuff has just been happening. Yeah. In, in in the case of of the video game stuff, we were talking about the industry just moves that fast, anyways, especially with what's what we're leading up to, but. Um, I guess we can get to that later. <laughs> okay. So, first things first. Batwoman. Yeah, I figured we were going to start off with this one. Oh, I need to, George. I've been so angry. Okay. So, basically what happened is that the uh, artist and writer of Batwoman over at DC, J.H. Williams III and uh, Hayden Blackman, have walked off the title... Due to, guess what? Editorial interference. 
Oh, it's like you know what you're talking about. <laughs> DC I'm comics. sure he's heard a lot about it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, they, they actually had to reset the has DC done something stupid today counter for this. And let but, me tell you, that is my favorite website because it, it never goes past like three or four days. So as, as the person here who's largely ignorant about comics and stuff, what actually happened? Um, what happened was they left because they said that... All right, here I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna read off what um what they said here on um on the blog. Uh, in recent months, DC has asked us to alter or completely discard many long-standing storylines in ways that we feel compromise the character in the series. We were told to ditch plans for Killer Croc's origins, forced to drastically alter the original ending of our current arc, which would have defined Batman's her- Batman Batwoman's heroic future in bold new ways. And most crushingly, prohibited from ever showing Kate and Maggie actually getting married. All of these editorial decisions came at the last minute, and always after a year or more of planning and plotting on our end. So basically, this has been this is not a new problem. We were talking about this last year, the year before. Yeah, I remember that. So much the 90s. bullshit going on at DC that they keep fucking with people. Everybody's been walking off of DC. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joshua Fialkoff walked off. Um, oh, who the fuck Robert else? Rob Liefeld. Liefeld. Yeah, when you piss off Rob Liefeld, you do <laughs> uh, Andy Diggle, who walked off of Action Comics in March. Yeah. Like, so anyway, so there's this big outcry, like, you know, no, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to let, you know, they're not going to have a lesbian wedding, and, and DC's furiously backpedaling, um... Well, and even J.H. Williams said that the part of the gay wedding they thought that, you know, DC objected to was not the gay part, but the wedding part. And the Mary Sue did a really, really good post about this, how it's just, I mean, DC's been fucking with married couples since the New 52 relaunch, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is lazy and stupid. And it's just ugh, like the only thing that DC has said about this whole thing was, as acknowledged by the creators involved, the editorial differences with the writers of Batwoman had nothing to do with the sexual orientation of the character. Well, yeah, but... Ah, you, oh my god. It's there was very like this, short-sighted. There was this summit last year where DiDio took all of his creators and, and went to a little cabin in the woods and, you know, didn't read from the Necronomicon, which is, I guess, a step up from what I <laughs> but he's like, there's going to be a lot less editorial interference here. And apparently, according uh, to uh, somebody in this article who who didn't mention, somebody on Bleeding Cool said that it lasted about four days. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yep. So it, I mean, you know, they broke up. Su- they they broke they broke up Lois and Clark. They broke up Barry Allen and Iris West. They, you know, I haven't seen the Dibneys lately. There's no, you know, Wally West, Jake. Uh, just ah. Uh, it's just anything that could potentially age our heroes, we want it done with. Well, that's what DC's saying. But they're also saying that they make comics for forty-five-year-olds, and boy, <laughs> am I going to link that? Oh my god! Out of curiosity, but, is this something that's a problem with comics on a larger scale, or is this just DC mainly that's doing this stuff? I've only heard it from DC right now. Yeah. I'm sure it's happening lot. in other comics, but like you're when you see find over sexism the past- and the a little bit of the racism in other in other companies, but DC is the only one that seems to be completely unaware hmm. that uh, they're screwing up. 
Like, they're so out of touch, it's just saddening. Well, they have the stated goal of attracting new readers, but uh, they're losing their loyal fans that were sticking with them. Ironically enough, the 45-year-olds. I've been a DC fangirl since I was three years old. I fell in love with Supergirl. I've been on my rant about Spider-Man before, how I taught myself how to read on Spider-Man comics, but Supergirl was in there too. Wonder Woman, Catwoman. None of those titles I am buying right now. Because I didn't like the reboots. I checked out a lot of number one issues when it got rebooted, and I didn't like any of them. I was what are you, what are you reading right now, anyway? Well, when Batwoman is... Um, when, when Williams and, and Blackman are done with uh, Batwoman... With, I'm dropping it because I just don't want to see anybody else handle her. And I'm kind of afraid of what they're going to do to her, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, Right now, it's just uh, DC's publishing a He-Man and the Masters of the Universe title. Uh, Keith Giffen's writing it. It's really good. It's surprisingly good. Um, And Batgirl. Which means it's going to be canceled in the next three months. (laughs) Batgirl. I, 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 you know, Gail Simone is a fantastic writer and... I, oh, and the movement. I'm also buying her, uh, her, her title, the movement. So, that's like three DC titles. I'm not really. I was buying X Factor until it got canceled, like just this month. But that's Peter David. And, and you know, I mean, I just I don't have a lot of money to spend on comics. Yeah, but I I also remember you buying a lot more. Oh, I I was well. Oh, and I'm buying I'm buying but well that's. Are we just sticking with DC titles? Because then it's just three. Because I'm also buying all the Buffy and Angel stuff. Buffy and Angel don't count. Uh, over at Dark like, that's, Horse. That's kind of a given. And uh, I started reading Gail Simone's Red Sonia title over at Dynamite. And that's really cool. It, it's like, think, think of Wonder Woman without the, uh, the love and compassion. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's very coarse and very bad. She cares, but it's, you know... It's, it's a tough love kind of... and, oh, I, oh, I love I, I've never really loved Red Sonia before, but I'm starting to really kind of enjoy this. So that's what I'm reading. I, I mean, just, just everything else. Oh my god, I could go on this huge rant about how bad Brian Azzarello fucked up Wonder Woman. Just that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. A whole let, other let, episode. Yeah, let, let's get back to uh, <laughs> Batman and... Uh, your anger. The problem is, is that they're trying to both attract newer readers, which are going to be a younger audience. There's always going to be a younger audience. People are going to pass on comics to younger brothers, sisters, nieces, nephews, sons, daughters, what have you. Okay. Why are there no DC titles right now that are really kid-friendly? Um, aren't there? Not really. I'm pretty sure is there's there, um, a Teen it's... Titans one. No, not even for the new cartoon. Oh no, wait, that just got announced like today. Mm-hmm. Which I didn't is know there like... going to be a new cartoon. Uh, oh, um, yeah. Well, it yeah, it's already today, started. Well, anyway. No, the Original. the cartoon's been going for a couple of months now. Um, yeah. There's actually a studio. The studio that's doing the animation is in my hometown, my backyard. So a lot of my friends are working on it, so that's why. Well, Linkar is doing a video review of the of uh, a storyline in T-Titans from last year called The Calling. And what they did, yeah. first thing they did, they introduced Artemis. 
who is a fan favorite from the cartoon, Young Justice. They oh, could yeah? have been like, hey, check this out. Look at this. Guess what they did? Killed her off. Killed her. Made her a villain and killed her off. In the first right. fucking issue. And I just... They don't know how to market. <laughs> they have yeah, there's no, no idea no how to market. It's like, you, you see... Um, They're it's just like churning the out what's selling. And that's going to work for a little while. You're going to probably make some money. But there's no sustainability to this. No, because None. it's all and it's that's all why events. they have to that's why they have to keep doing the events and rebooting their 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 history. And that's turning off so many longtime fans uh, aka the 45-year-olds who are the audience who you're apparently writing these comics for. You don't know who you're writing for. And and the writers don't know who they're writing for because they could be making plans and caring about the stories and editorial's going to come in and say, no, we're doing this. And fuck your story. Also, and they've been so frustrated with it. They have been walking off in, like, droves. Fucking at least a half a dozen. At least. And let's Just, go ahead and specify really quickly. Um, when we say editorial, we mean head editorial, not the editors of the individual even books. If it's, even if it is the, the editorial staff on the specific books, even if it is... The buck still stops with Dan DiDio. He's yeah. the publisher. He's the EIC. He's the one who can override anything, and he doesn't. No. And he needs to be fucking fired. There is now, I, I like, right before the show started, I noticed there is a fire DiDio hashtag on Twitter, and it's active. And I'm sitting there going, oh, this is beautiful. He's mishandled this so much. There's unhappy creators. There's unhappy fans. I'm sure they're still getting money from people who saw Man of Steel or Batman. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it's, you know... What business are you in? You can make money hand over fist by doing all these events. Great. You're not going to keep those readers. You watch this. If you if you watch the sales charts for DC, you'll see like all these new number ones and everything. They're making all the money. And so Didio's sitting there thinking, hey, every time we, boot, we reboot something, we get oodles of cash. But it's not going to stay like that. You watch these huge drop-offs in numbers. There are not very many consistently selling books on there other than maybe Batgirl. I'm just saying. And it doesn't give it doesn't give anybody a chance to be creative anymore. There, I don't think there's any I don't think there's any room for creativity in the industry right now. Not, not when um, a lot of it is churning out properties and exactly. things that you can make into licensing. Movies. That's licensing. where they're making their money. Mm-hmm. They're not making it off the comics. They're making it off of properties and licensing and 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 toys and you know happy meals and whatever. And it's but but kids are going to see all that stuff, and they're going to want to read about them, and you're going to get shit like, I don't know, it's just... The it's, calling. Catwoman number one. Oh, for God's sakes. You're seeing all these good titles out there getting canceled. Mm-hmm. And there's stuff like Talon that's still being published, and like, who the fuck are you? Why do you even have a title? It's 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 very disheartening. To see a company that I've loved, I love its heroes. I've gotten into a debate with Kevin about this. And he prefers Marvel over DC because he prefers being inspired by ordinary people who can overcome their bad situations. 
And I told him, well, I prefer the DC heroes because I prefer being inspired to be better by somebody who is better. Because I, I, I work better when I get a kick in the ass from somebody who's succeeding. And he works better when he's, you know, got somebody who's trying hard. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's the main difference between me and Kevin. Also, I'm prettier. <laughs> <sighs> So yeah, but it's 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 harsh on the gay community too to see that. I mean, I, I'm aware that that DC isn't trying to be all homophobic about the wedding. They're just against marriage altogether. That they have like one married couple, and they're getting a divorce right now. And it's a uh, animal man and his wife, and they just killed off his kid. What? Yeah, they killed off his fucking kid. Oh, well, I'm glad I didn't. I wasn't invested in that title. I know, right? Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm sick of. That. How come you can kill kids left and right at DC, but you can't show two people in love getting married, or you have to break up somebody who was married, or you have to put together characters who were just really, really great friends in the first place? I loved the friendship between Diana and and Clark. I mean, it was, it was complex. It was full of unconditional love. Uh, you know, they had great dialogues together, they had great platonic chemistry, and just throwing them together to make out is just like, you just want to, you just want to draw them have sex at some point. And it's, it's skeevy. Mm. I don't know, it's, it's, there's... It's okay. In the next reboot, it'll be, uh, Bruce and Clark. (laughs) I can't wait. They never do it. (laughs) have you read the first uh batman superman title no oh my god she's i i heard bad things about it well it wasn't like uh it wasn't the best title but it's like they were completing each other's sentences and you know anticipating each other's movements oh oh, 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 the the first batman superman i thought you meant i thought you meant the first issue of okay so the one where the the super okay yeah Yeah, before the preboot the reboot Uh, i just really hate the reboot everybody i know hates the reboot reboot. and the the lettering is so bad it it (laughs) makes me i had to um i had to stop reading comics uh because I got an infection, I went blind for a couple months, I'm getting treatment, yada, yada, yada. But for a long time before that, I had to stop. I wasn't able to read the lettering because it's so bad. It's so tiny in DC books, and like the color theory that they're using is terrible. And oh, the that's, when they, that's when they so kept doing bad. the blue and the yellow to show who's talking. And the Yeah. yeah. And like italics true. everywhere, and the fonts are just messed up, and they're using... Like the capital I with a crossbow within the middle of words, and it's just <laughs> why your lettering sucks. You're like it's the only so one bad. in the in the audience wanting to lynch everybody that's holding up that billboard. It's because I hate your lettering. <laughs> Literally, the only person complaining. Well, seriously, I mean, if you look at the books and you like, if you're like me, you can't read the um, internal monologues, and you can only read maybe like half of the. Uh, the speech bubbles, and you try to look at the art and try to figure out what's going on. DC makes... doesn't care about blind people. No, they don't. We're a visual medium. No you sense. still don't care. Uh, it just you should put your books out in braille. That would actually be cool. Yeah. 
No, but but like I, I was saying before about how this is really disheartening to the gay community because even if that wasn't their intent, this is what's going on. Mm. Be, because I mean, it's just, I mean, you, you fucking. They had a Marvel. chance for representation, and it Marvel away. was doing so much better with fucking Northstar and his boyfriend Kyle. They promoted that out the wazoo, mm-hmm. but they were so hush hush about you know Kate Maggie getting engaged. I'm starting to think that maybe this was planned ahead of time to not promote it because they knew that they were going to not let them have a marriage, and then they just didn't tell the creators until the last fucking second, which is so mm. uncool. Because if they were going to let them get married, there would have been ads everywhere. I saw a theory about that, that, um, you know, maybe DC was trying to play it safe because J.H. Williams doesn't really like spoilers, and they were trying to stay on his good side, but, you know... But After even when happens, it happened, like, there the wasn't hell? much press about it. Yeah, and I mean, meanwhile, you've got uh, all the articles about Alyssa Yo, and yeah. she's not even the first trans woman in DC Comics. I don't get it. Well, no, but she's a nice, normal person, and they're showing her with, you know, they're they're portraying. Well, Gail Simone is portraying her as just another girl, which is mm. fantastic. You know, I mean, like, representation fucking matters. There's this story about Whoopi Goldberg when she was watching Star Trek when she was a little girl. And she sees Lieutenant Uhura. And she goes running up to her mom. She goes, Ma, Ma, there's a black lady on television and she ain't no maid. Mm -hmm. And she said, that was when I knew I could be anything I wanted. And she ended up wearing shuttlecrafts for headgear. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, I mean... I, I mean, I'm not even gay, but Batwoman means so much to me just as a simple... Like she, the one person in all of like the DCU right now who's synonymous with integrity. She quit... Her origin is she quit West Point because she refused to lie. Because she took her oaths as, an, as, as a soldier seriously. You know, that a cadet will not lie, cheat, steal, that sort of thing. And she said, no, I, I quit. I'm gay. And and she was, you know, her father was so proud of her for being true to herself, and and, and just being honest with herself. And 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 then she was inspired by Batman to become a soldier for Gotham. She's she's always been sort of like, not a, a kind of add-on or sidecar or whatever to to Batman. She hasn't been one of his sidekicks or one of his crew. She even refused to join Batman Incorporated when that came out. Mm. And there was, like, oh, I think it, it was her cousin Betty who said something about, like, well, what does he think about you wearing his bat? And she goes, it's my bat. And that was just the strongest. She she told her dad when she first be, wanted to be Batwoman that, you know, this is her uniform and this is, I finally found a way to serve. And I was just so touched by that. You know, that this is this is a person who's using her skills to serve her community in the best way that she possibly can. And, and, and I think she's magnificent. I love Batwoman for that reason, because she is, you know, being the best person that she can be and using her skills to the utmost to help other people. She doesn't even think about it. I mean, and she cares so much about her family, and it's just, oh my god, I love her, I love her. And, and you know... Uh, I just, 
I've been, I feel like I've done this rant before, but it's like she's so important. And well, we have done this rant before. We did it with Supergirl when Linda got erased, and yeah. we did it with but uh, it's, it's, Wonder Woman and. I know there's I, others. <laughs> I know a lesbian who looks up to Batwoman so, so, so much. And, you know, she's really pissed off about this, this whole thing. Like, they, it's, it's hard enough for, you know, gays, lesbians, transgenders, whatever. And, you know, in the real world, is there no reason that they can't see a superhero? Somebody like them that they can connect to? I mean, even even Kevin earlier today was saying on Twitter about, you know, Batwoman, wanted to know more about her. And wasn't it you, Kara, that said, you know, she, she's Irish and Jewish and that's why she's so pale? And, and, and he's yeah. like, you mean an Irish Jew like me? Yeah, I thought and, he was like that. And just that whole wide-eyed <laughs> innocence of like, you mean she's like me? Yeah. And, and I'm like... Because, I mean, how like, often does that happen? How? Like Irish Jew. People! <laughs> And people want heroes. People well, want... Th- the world think- is really bleak. People want something better. I think in general, too, it's 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 a really... Um, I think sometimes um, the larger... Uh, I don't know about larger audience. I'm trying to think of how to put that. But um, people kind of don't really think about how... Um, it feels for an underrepresented group to have somebody to look to like that. They don't have to look um, for somebody to empathize with because everything is directed towards them to start with. Exactly. And, um, and so when you get someone, you know, whatever it, like whatever that group is, when that underrepresented group gets somebody, it, it becomes really special. And I know I'm, I'm saying, stating the, the blatantly obvious here, but it's, I, I have, heard people talk about this kind of thing and I have talked to people directly who just don't seem to understand that point and and don't get that it's that for a lot of the, in a lot of these cases it's so rare to wind up with representation for these groups and um, and so it's it's not like people don't get how big of a deal it can be I yeah I, I don't have a whole lot to contribute to this conversation because I don't you know, I don't know a lot about any of this stuff, so, but this well, is no, just... no, but not, not specifically comics, but I'm just talking about representation in media. Right, and that's what, that's what I'm getting at, is, is it happens... Um, it, it kind of bleeds over through all media, like, in general, and, and like I said, I, I've just seen a lot of people just not get it, and it's... Like uh, female protagonists in uh, video games. Oh, yes. <laughs> I would never in my life want to switch places with Anita Sarkeesian. <laughs> I, I mean, that's. Oh my God, do we do we want to get into this again? Because I I mean I feel like I blew all my rage last time. But no, it's it's. Let's. It's 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 a can of worms that once we open, we're we're gonna have to dive headfirst into. So I want to ask George something since he's sort of like the token guy here. Has Barely. there been? <laughs> have have there been instances of strong characters in media that you've identified with that haven't necessarily been the, the default white male, you know, ages 20 to 40? 
Hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm actually curious. I'm trying to think. Because um, I'm saying that these, these a, a lot of what people say, you know, y- you get your average white dude mm-hmm. saying like, oh, representation, that's just tokenism and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, my fucking God, do you understand that everything in the world is default white, male, straight? Well, and and then that's part of the... the- conversation i've heard before too is that is that it shouldn't is that it shouldn't matter like people should be able to identify overall there should just kind of be this level if it's a good fictional character anybody can identify with it right and and that's and i've and i've heard that that i've actually ironically heard that argument from the other side that we don't need that you don't need to include a token whatever character for people to identify but and i and i think that that plays into the not the, it, it's it's uh, by and large been from white straight males that I've heard that argument um, applied that way because it's it's like it's it's very very easy to have that stance when when the market is oversaturated with representation like, for you yeah with people like you mm-hmm. yeah you, you have no idea I mean. God, do you know what and, it's like being a and girl and being a comic book nerd and a World of Warcraft nerd and a video game nerd? I'm sitting here getting it from like three different angles about you know, oh, just oh, I'm and for and to be clear, it, yeah, it's it's. <laughs> to be clear, that's that's like it's not the same thing as saying that you know we need to stop having these other characters. You can still have them. It's 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 just don't begrudge people, you know, getting their own representation out there too. And yet, they and, do. I, and, I, and 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 it's one of the. I think what happens is people assume people like kind of connect this, these arguments together that where they they aren't really being made that to include. More representation, more representation for other people means taking somehow taking away representation for them, which that's just true, is, yeah. and th- and that's that's the fear, and 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 I understand where they're coming from. I think it's really really silly, but I, I get that that's the that's the connection being made. Um, but it's also it's it's not a it's not a zero sum game it's not you know you it's not we can't just have one or the other we can have both and and even if we include a lot of representation for more people into the various media fields right now the it's still going to be skewed towards white straight male yeah. i mean we, there's a lot of ground to make up before that's ever at risk of becoming a minority yeah i just uh... Technically, don't the Chinese outnumber everybody anyway? Yes, they do. Well, I, I, strong and growing. I, I meant more like within the media itself. I mean, you, there's there's arguments to be made whether like who well, actually is this mostly American or is this like a? I wish I wish I could. I want I want to hear. You know, I want to hear in from listeners in other countries. I want to know what the media is like in your country, mm-hmm. and what the representation is of you know people like you and and you know because here in america it's default white straight male so mm-hmm. let's just see i don't know enough about other countries so we're just, we're just going to keep this like u.s bound right now yeah but i i am really curious to see like you know is is there a problem like this in england is there a problem like this in asia is there a problem you know whatever i want i want to know what the media like 
sort of skews towards in other countries. I'm I'm really curious now. But but George, have you thought more about? Uh... Yeah, and uh, I can't. Unfortunately, I'm a white straight male with a great head of hair, so. <laughs> Yeah, um, I can't think of anyone that comes to mind. Well, maybe not relate to, but do you have any favorite characters who are women or black or gay? Or Oh, yeah, you know? Martha Jones. Martha Jones. God bless her. From Doctor Who. Yeah. And what do you like about her? Well, first, she wasn't Rose. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Sorry. That's harsh. <laughs> Ouch. No, I like the fact that, you know, she was very clever and, you know, earned her way onto the TARDIS rather than just, you know, being handed a key and saying, come run away with me. Um, I actually, um, Captain Jack Harkness. White pansexual. Omnisexual? Let's go with omnisexual. yeah. What's that thing I saw on Tumblr one time? Remember, no, no matter how unattractive or terrible you feel about yourself, we promise Jack Harkness would fuck you. <laughs> yeah, and actually, that's you haven't watched Torchwood, so you didn't see this. No, the second. I, I saw enough of Torchwood to see uh, John Barrowman make out with James Marsters, and I'm happy with that for the rest of my life. As oh, there's, far as there's, I'm concerned, that's Torchwood. No, um, there's far more gay sex on that. Mm. Um. Well, it's not so much about, like, fetishizing gay sex as it is. These, this is a pretty man. I like pretty men. This is another pretty man. I like pretty men. Let's and put poodles. them both together. Now I'm really, I'm doubly happy because pretty. <laughs> no, but uh, Jack actually gets into a relationship with uh, one, uh, one of his, uh, one of the Torchwood people. Oh, co-worker sex. No, 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 no. No actual romantic relationship. And it goes well? And they work together? And they work together. I've never Shocker. seen that work out. <laughs> and then they killed him off in Children of Earth, so... Of course. That pissed me off. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, wow, that, that, that's Joss Whedon levels of we can't have nice things. Oh, believe me. If you want to see good Torchwood, watch Children of Earth. Believe me, it's great, and you will be depressed forever. <laughs> that is not a good selling point, George. Wow. I think he just wants to see you cry. You're not a... <laughs> you're not a pitch man, George. Oh, he wants to see me cry and see if the Saints lose on Sunday. <laughs> no, we're playing at home. It's the Falcons. We're going to win. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're six and one as long as Drew Brees is playing. There's Falcons at the Superdome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. do turducken is tasty on your own time. Okay, but Kara, you wanted to talk about representation of women in video games, and you're you and you and Tess are the you know I'm the comic book. Well, I'm a Swiss Army nerd, but I, I'm more into comics than games. But let's uh, let's have you guys talk about because because you had a really good conversation after the <laughs> show last time we tried recording. We went on for a while, yeah. Um, a little bit. Oh, God, where did he start with us? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Look oh. at the notes I sent you. So, <laughs> well, Kara, you, you, you had a big speech about... Well, let's tie this into your whole... Oh, sort of 
life what's what's the word I'm looking for? Like the whole central facet of your life sort of thing. Your whole raison d'etre I can't speak French. That whole, you know, girls can't do X, watch me. Uh well I think it started off um Tessa was talking about how there was uh terrible representation in in video games and you know every Every example she was bringing up in every situation, I'm just like, well, I work in mobile games, and mobile games are targeted more towards women, and uh, all of those stereotypes do not exist there. You actually have a bunch of male developers, you know, trying to think like women, and it's very, it's really sad and pathetic in a really cute kind of way. You know, you just want to pat them on their heads and send them off. But let me <laughs> but ask you a question. To- I actually want to ask you something I'm genuinely curious about. I'm yeah. I'm not really into mobile gaming. Uh, I basically stick with consoles and Warcraft, and that's it. Mm. But I, I think it's there's is it because there's not really big storylines in mobile gaming. I mean, you don't have room for them. You don't have time to create relatable characters or protagonists. So it's not really targeted towards you know the male gamers who want to like you know play call of duty and shit well you know it, it, why why do mobile games attract women more than the console games because I, they, well, they, I think are they intimidated by consoles i don't think it's i don't think it's a case of of women being attracted to mobile games more i think it's more that i think the point is more that that they're actually being marketed to in mobile gaming and not in the console market and i and there's mm-hmm. plenty there's plenty of women who enjoy console gaming who enjoy pc gaming like there there's no shortage of that audience and and you know more and more of the um oh what's the word the um when you're looking at the demographics for for video games um women are making up more and more of that pool it's it's pretty cleanly split in half right now between men and women when you're looking at when you're looking at everything overall, it's, yeah, it's about forty eight, forty eight point or forty nine point five percent. It's just stupidly close. Yeah, like it's it's close enough that, that you may as well call it half and half. That it's it's mm. a, it's a pretty even mix. But at the same time, um, the larger like triple A gaming especially is where this problem is the heaviest. Where women just aren't being considered as part of that market, even though they make up half of the demographic right now. Well, that's with and even if you sell a boy right. a console, their mom probably bought it to start with. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's right. the woman with the purse strings. Well, um, but with, with I, I mobile... Gonna, oh, go ahead. I was going to ask, is it more like with console games, they have more franchises attached to them, and those are the ones that are constantly marketed towards men? You know, Bioshock, Killzone, Call, you know, Call of Duty, that sort of thing. And uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> really? Really, no. Well, um, maybe not think, in reality, but isn't there still that stereotype of gaming is for well, boys? And then on mobile, it's such a new thing with modern thought behind it that it's more female-friendly. I mean, they're not... Because be- we don't tend to feel as excluded with... It's also worth mentioning that it's far cheaper to develop for mobile gaming than it is for console, oh, yeah, especially AAA, on the AAA scale. One, that's one of actually one of the problems with gaming right now is that budgets are getting so goddamn high that and the it's it's kind of this this um almost this paradox that the larger your budget gets the more limited you are in what you can do because or at least um that's what's seeming to be the case for AAA developers that um the larger the budgets get the 
less risks they feel like they can take because they're gambling more and more money on on and they have a marketing team telling them what they need to do to exactly and there's this there's this i don't say misconception necessarily but there's this um it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy within the um um within game developers and publishers that games um that feature female protagonists exclusively sell half as well or less than half as well as games with exclusive male protagonists. Um, But also when you look at it, when you look at the reports, it's also pretty consistently true that games with female protagonists are getting, you know, considerably less money for their marketing budget than games with male protagonists. Um, And you look at, you know, and if you look, it's, it, it, Basically, the more prominent a female protagonist is, the less money these games are getting given to be developed um, and to be marketed. Um, so, like, if you have an option between male and female, you're getting less money for marketing. If you have exclusively a female protagonist, you're getting considerably less money for marketing. And it's one of those things that, like, um, because the the quote-unquote common wisdom is that is that these games aren't going to sell as well. They're not throwing in as much money to market them. But then as a result, because they're not mar- not marketing them and not trying to sell them, they're not selling. And then they turn around and point to that and go, see, we were right. And then it just continues on a downward spiral. You know, women don't uh, buy games because you're not marketing to them because they don't sell because you're not marketing. How are they going to sell a while? <laughs> and it's, it's, it's hard to actually make any definitive claims as far as this goes, because the evidence just isn't there because we're not they're They're just not trying really. Um, and in the case, like the cases that we do have, there's always these extenuating circumstances going on. There was, um, uh, I think I can't remember exactly what the numbers were, but, um, with the mass effect series, um, overwhelmingly, like it was like a depressingly skewed number. Um, people reported that like the people who were polled and we, and we don't know the poll size. We don't know the, you know, who was, who was actually asked all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, overwhelmingly the numbers showed that, that people were playing male shepherd over female shepherd. Um, But nobody that I know. Well, yeah, but I mean like these, these were the poll numbers. And like I said, we don't know when you whenever you have a poll, there's always this kind of questionable element to it. But, um, but if you also, If you if you also look at it, um, you know, for the marketing, for all the advertising, everything you saw about Mass Effect without actually playing the game, it was that male character that was showcased as this is your protagonist, this is who you play as, this is who it is. And um, you also have this whole thing where, like, you know, they actually went through the whole thing of they, they created a, a unique male model for male shepherd and female shepherd just kind of got a default generic one. Um, so for people who don't really care about, um, you know, who don't really care about making their own character, the male, the male model is more, looks better than the female model starting out just because it's, it's more unique and, and not quite as generic. And, um, and then also you have the people who, who don't even bother with any of that and just fire up the game and go. So it's, it's not really a great, and it's one of those things that, that got, 
you know, tossed about a bit as showing we'll see people don't actually want to play as female characters. But it again, there's so many extenuating circumstances to, okay, well, why did this, why is this the case that it's hard to use any of that as hard evidence against people actually wanting to do this? I'm not entirely certain, certain what my, my overall point was there, but it's... it's well, you don't uh, need to have a point. It's a very good ongoing discussion about how companies have their own self-fulfilling prophecies of X doesn't sell because you don't market X. Well, there's also, you don't, you know. there's also this factor that, um, oh crap. I wish I, I wish I had, you know, the stuff in front of me so I could, rem- I could know exactly who I'm referring to. There, there's a, um, there was some marketing person at some point who talking about focus groups, like using coffee as an example saying that, you know, if people are asked what kind of coffee they drink, People will, by and large, will will say that they drink their coffee much darker than they actually do. Um, and like when you actually look at what people will buy, they'll buy much, um, you know, much weaker and much weaker blends and stuff like that. But it sounds better to say that they drink, you know, a certain type. So they say they drink a certain type. And and I kind of wonder with these polls, like how many people played Female Shepherd but were like, oh, well, I don't want to say that I did, especially, you know, for the male gamers out there. So they just reported that they did something that they didn't do. It's it's the same problem that you have with um, with focus testing within games, which that's another problem within the marketing going on with, with the gaming development right now is that by and large... Um, games are not focus tested to women. They're focus tested almost exclusively to a young male audience, and um, and they wind up. And so the feedback is usually that, oh well, we want this to be more shootery, or we want this to be you know X, Y, and Z, and um, and then you have that other problem there too is of are people saying what they think people want to hear that they want, or are they saying what they actually want? And and a lot of times with focus testing, you you get skewed results because people, especially when they're in a group with their peers, will answer differently than what they actually would choose for themselves. But I, I do love that there's a larger group of people who are noticing this. You know, people our age or, or the the people like I, ten even ten years younger than us. Not yeah. to say that we can't make a difference. You know, it takes years to do this, but there is quietly a nice big social sea change going on where people's minds well, are. Yeah, if you if you look at at um, you know there there's a there's a growing group of of people within like in the gaming community uh, who are demanding this stuff and and to the point that the developers are kind of starting to take notice. There was. Um, I want to say it was at E3, um, and I can't. I, um, one of the big names at Nintendo, um, I don't remember who exactly it was, but um, they mentioned being asked multiple times by like a lot of different people, and mentioned they were getting the question a lot um, about the possibility of having a Zelda game in the future where Zelda is the playable character. Um, I know somebody who would love that. There's a lot of people who would like. I would love that. There's there's a they already had that game. It was a CDI game. Shut up. Uh, um, we will never speak to you again. <laughs> you don't even need to be here. We got this. Go ahead. Oh, I lost my train of thought there. Um, Zelda is the protagonist. Right. And and it's actually interesting. There's, um, yeah, um, Inafune, the, um, the creator of Mega Man, has, uh, he's starting a Kickstarter for a new game because he left Capcom and it's basically 
Um, it's it's a very very similar game to the Mega Man series that he's trying to put out. Um, and one of the most requested um, things in the comments um, for this Kickstarter is a request to make um, the main character's uh, female sidekick into a playable character as as another option there if they get enough money to to get it going. So it's like these these requests for this kind of thing they're out there and it's a growing voice. There's there's a lot of pushback from from other people, but well, but I, I think we're we're getting to the point where where it's starting to the the shouts for it are starting to outweigh the shouts against it. The the more liberal an environment gets, the louder and angrier the conservatives get. Well, and it's it's I guess that works both a, ways. To be honest with you, but yeah. yeah. And it, I don't. I don't even think it's necessarily a, a liberal conservative thing. I, I think it, it comes down again to, like we were talking earlier, people who, people hear this call for representation of groups that aren't them, and somehow interpret it as a call to reduce their own representation. Which I know. Oh my fucking god! That those fucking men's rights activists can all just go. And all uh, of the problems just, oh. are patriarchy. <laughs> it's well it's i mean really it's it's it is uh it's a i know this is, this is a rabbit hole to go down but I, no, no, is, no 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 we need to do we need to say this <laughs> i mean it, it definitely is a privileged thing too where it's like it, it people don't it's just not a, a perspective they are used to being confronted with and they don't know how to react and and so they get confused, and and I'm making a lot of assumptions here, but it just seems to me that they they get confused and take it as an attack on, um, on what Damn. they've always had and and what they want to keep. And why so insecure, boys? Well, there's <laughs> I mean, we're not going to go around taking all your dicks. There's a lot of Much. there's a lot of masculine insecurity in our culture in general, but... George, um, you feeling that's... uncomfortable? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, that, that's, I, I feel that's like you don't even need to be here with, today. That's an overall problem with our culture, and like I said, that's that's a rabbit hole we could go way deep down into, but um, but it, it manifests itself a lot in, in these kind of media um, communities where where people are scared of the idea that if you know you introduce these other these other characters that aren't like them, it's the same thing as taking away the ones that they have, which is both silly and and again, like I said you before, you already have all the things. Well, and and, and um, but if you take away or if you make a thing that they don't have, then suddenly they don't have all the things. Ugh. Yeah, and it's there. There is there's a really strange. Um, trend that I notice that of and it, and it extends beyond just the the idea of you know of representation kind of things necessarily it, it, there it's if something's not being made for somebody within the geek within the gaming community or the geek community at large there's a definitely a group of people who don't react well to that for whatever reason there I mean we could bring up the whole 2ds thing um, that happened. Um, Let me tell you about my problem with the D- with the 2DS. First of all, okay. stupid name. Second of all, they put it together wrong because you got the D-pad on one side and on the other side you got select and start. If you and, and then they put the A and B button, you know the X Y, you know 
I've actually you got the buttons up on top, so you got to hold your thumb at like your, your right wrist is going to be at like kind of this angle. No, the just put the D-pad who, completely perpendicular. The people who are uh, who I've heard, the people who I've heard actually show interest in this 2D and the 2DS say that they think it looks considerably more comfortable for them than the than the 3DS looked to them. Yeah, actually, everything that I had, I I couldn't do with the 3DS. I should be able to do with the 2DS. And I'm like, yeah, I, I mean, you, there, there's an argument to be made about the design, which I, I don't particularly like the design, but it's also I not like being it from made a design for. Perspective. Well, yeah, but at the same time, I am not the target audience for this thing, and that's okay. Yeah, it's, I mean, they, they specifically came out and said who their target audience for this thing was, and, and it is not, and by and large, it's not for the people who are upset with it. It's, it's because those people think it's pretty much weird already, for generations we've had the d-pad and the buttons like completely on opposite sides now you got all... that, like weird little nipply button <laughs> <laughs> you just don't like it because it screws with your ocd a little bit <laughs> it's no, okay I'm dana it's not for you oh. but you're it's, taking I mean, away, you're, you're, you're taking away my straight d-pad and it's okay, Dana. You still have the 3DS with the 3D exactly. aspect that you can't even see. I don't even, even see. have a 3DS because I can't. I know you can shut it off, but there's really no games for it I want. So. Yeah, yeah you also get to play an extra, pay an extra 50 bucks for it. Yeah, and and I mean, there's. I think there's definitely a market for this for this thing that they're putting out, and um, it's it's more cheaply made, but it's also it's. It's also designed in a way that they can make it more cheaply made without making it flimsy. Um, it's there's the whole thing where it's it's the one screen that's separated by the it's not two separate screens it's it's one screen separated by the framing. Um, it it lacks the, the the clamshell thing which some people don't like but at the same time it's it's also. Um, that's also one of the things that breaks most often with, with the 3DS is the is yeah. the hinge. So it's you know it's designed to be more of it's designed to be more toy like and, and and honestly the the um the target audience that they that they've come out and said that is for I mean and that doesn't mean that that it's not going to have a, a secondary audience to this but it, this is this is more a thing for um a, a much younger audience than than the audience that currently has the 3DS. And um, and they so the only- so so it's a bunch of adults whining that they're they're ruining something that's meant for kids. That sounds yes. that sounds like a fandom, Tessa. Yeah, that, that's that's I'm- my point. <laughs> sounds kind of familiar. That yeah, that's exactly of- my point. <laughs> you know, Sorry, I'm feeling another- a little horse. <laughs> <laughs> another six um, months. There's going to be another 3ds, though. You know, the one well, ds. And 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 I well and, and honestly, Nintendo's own sense of humor over the whole thing has actually been kind of really really cool. <laughs> Nintendo's been on fire this year, though. They kind of have. It's like yeah, well, and, and the 3DS is doing fantastically too. So it's it's it is their big money maker right now. Um, if they would only you know do come well, and they're they're on track to sort of do the same with the Wii U, but they're not really there yet. And anyways, um, they're going to need a holiday season to see it out. The Wii, they are. It, they, the, they, the Wii U was such it was such a the Wii U was such a, a bungled launch overall. That a summer launch. Why would you do that? It, it sounds it like out. an ambulance every time you say it. 
<laughs> well, it, it one of the biggest problems with the Wii U, I think, is is actually the naming of it itself, and not just on a. And I'm not even talking about like a um, from a oh the name is stupid standpoint because honestly I don't care about that. But um, but it's um one of the biggest problems is is just with the name Wii in there. It there's still a lot of people who don't understand that it's a separate console from the Wii. Like they think of it as an adjunct to the to the Wii itself, or? right? And, they and, couldn't get like an Xbox versus Xbox 360 versus whatever the other one is. Xbox One now. Well, it, it's, it's more that it's more that the Wii was such a um, and and a, the Wii was such a um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Game changer. Uh, well, it was such it was such a distinct thing that um, the name people associate it not with necessarily the games but with the motion controls right um and as opposed to just about every other of every other one of the consoles of that that and the previous generation where it was it wasn't about like the that that's that's kind of the problem The, the wii's success is kind of one of the big um it's one of the things actually holding the wii u back because people are so uh people associate the name so much with a very specific thing that it's it's actually made the marketing kind of tricky to to differentiate the two because the the Wii U is by and large not really designed to be a follow up to the Wii it's it's actually more of a um it's actually almost more of a of an ex- expansion on on the DS model fair enough but at least they know who they're marketing to Right? I mean, they do. No, they they know. It's 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 the like I said. The problem is more on the marketing side of, of getting that message to people because of the name. Uh, to, to to get the audience to differentiate. Exactly. Um, and so, so and the problem have, is brand. So the problem isn't marketing; it's branding. Yeah, that's that's putting it better. Um, well, because well, they, they they have they have the problem coming at them from both sides. So you have the you have the for lack of a better term, hardcore gamer market who associates the name with a an inferior an inferior experience overall and then you have the casual market who doesn't necessarily see this as a thing that they need to get because they already have the Wii. So you have from both from both ends kind of the the Wii's um overall success working against the Wii U. I'd say give it another few few games though oh yeah it's it, the other the other major problem was that it came out and kind of sat in the water for a while without really anything coming out for it too they yeah, released way too early. Been really bad about that for the last uh last couple devices yeah. That they listed yeah the the Wii kind of um stagnated towards the end of its of its cycle like really really badly and um and then they released the wii u and didn't really have anything to go with it for a very for a pr- pretty good long while that it's been out yeah Um, a bunch of stuff got delayed too if i recall yeah but the great Uh, thing about it is that you know if you bought um we wear for your wii you could transfer it over and you can't even do that on the other consoles you can't yeah we can oh uh, like how the ps4 everything that you bought off the psn for the ps3 is not going to be there now yeah well yeah the the wii is the only one like the wii u like is notably the only one um doing that with their with their digital titles of, of you know transferring these sales over the the it's xbox one and the ps4 are not so. doing that and they're also the only one really still out there with the um 
excuse me, with the backwards compatibility thing going forward. Now, they're not getting any credit whatsoever for doing that because nobody seems to care about the Wii U. But, um, Nor are they getting credit for, like, just sticking female characters in. You know, right. there's one Nintendo, Nintendo's almost kind of in their own little bubble where they're almost not even considered part of the gaming market, which is kind it, of It's awesome. true. They're just going well, look about... Look at how many companies are involved in Nintendo. It's not just... Nothing's going to... I think... What was it? Lord Cat just went on this rant about how Apple isn't going to destroy Nintendo because Nintendo's too... You know, to use a banking term, it's too big to fail. Well, yeah. They, and, well, and it's... It, it's Nintendo's kind of, like the honey have... badger. You know, they don't, they don't care. <laughs> They don't give a fuck. They're just going to do their own thing in the very Japanese way. They're going to yeah. sell millions, like they always do. Well, and, and it's, it's weird because we, like, we, we, we also always seem like at least once a year and usually more than once a year, you have calls either from gamers or from game developers calling for Nintendo to, to shut down their their console market and just make games the same way that Sega went. And it's like, they, they don't have any reason to do that right now. They, they, they could Even survive. Even if they did, they'd still have a huge cut of the market. Well, yes. I mean, now to be fair, they, they, if they opened up their, their, um, what's it called? Um, their, if they opened up their, the software end of their, of their stuff and stopped selling hardware, they still would do just fine. But at the same they time, wouldn't they wouldn't be able to give the quality control that they usually do. Exactly, Nintendo and Nintendo seal of quality, and and the thing is, is that they like Nintendo could stand to have another like the Wii U could completely flop, and their next two consoles could completely flop before they're in a position that Sega was in when they when they had to drop out. I mean, they'll just would, release another Pokemon. Yeah, they, well, they, well, their franchises are so like are so big and so like ingrained into into gamer culture as as being, and, and they've they've been so consistently good that. You know, they they're kind of set to stay afloat for a very long time. I mean, people have been looking at like pointing to the Wii and the Wii U and saying, "Oh, well, they're ready to get out of the of the hardware market now." But people forget that the Wii was like arguably one last generation as far as as far as you know profitability, and um, sure. and and if you're making the Sega comparison, Sega had three consoles flop completely on them before they got out of the, the market. So. What you're saying is the secret to Nintendo's success and its longevity is that A, it was there first, and B, they've been very consistent with their properties. Um, and they also unlike a certain comic unlike a certain comic book company that doesn't seem to understand that well, maybe I'm- they were there first. They have these properties that have been around forever, and if you quit fucking with them, more people will stay and keep buying them. Well, Nintendo does have its problems too. They're not by any means a perfect, you know, company. No, but well, I, um, they've got more longevity than like the other they're. Yeah, they're they're in a pretty solid place, and they they have been for a while, and probably will be for a good long while. Like I said, they're making money hand over fist right now with the 3ds. So. <laughs> Um, so they're, they're set for, for a good long while. So it just always, I always just find it funny when, when we get the calls from people that, oh, Nintendo should get out of the hardware market. Why? It's like they don't have any reason to. they'd still be, yeah. It's just like a shiny flag that shows that they don't understand anything about gaming, the industry. Yeah. Well, it it doesn't just come from gamers either. It comes from developers too. I've, I've, I've seen a lot of... That, well, at least been, I that's can. That's been the theme this episode: is is the people in the, the the inmates are running the asylum. They don't know what the <laughs> fuck they're doing. 
I can at least, you know, sympathize with developers because it is difficult to develop for. It's difficult to test for. And Nintendo, getting that Nintendo seal of quality is a gauntlet. It's very expensive. If there's anything even slightly off, they will reject you and you have to pay another fee to fix it and then send it back to them so they can reject you again. Yeah, no, and I, they I put the Nintendo seal of quality on Silver Surfer, so let's take that. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and and I'm not saying there's not a point there. I, it's yeah. just, it's just I think that the that the overall yeah. call is is kind of it's kind of missing the point. I think. Yeah, there's easier paths, but they're not necessarily better paths. Right. Though so, you know, Nintendo could reach out to to some developers and you know give them a hand. Yeah. Right. Would, well, and. If we want to get into the <laughs> the next gen thing in in, in general, um, well, we had a lengthy discussion about the E three thing and and the the Xbox versus or the Microsoft versus Sony thing last time too. Yeah, but um, I'm, I'm really enjoying the this this re uh, this this redone episode sort of overarching theme. Yeah. Well, also things how, kept, how to market to your audience. Well, also things kept changing even. Even past when we recorded, I mean, uh, Microsoft's been backpedaling pretty much since E3. Pretty much nonstop. Well, the only thing that they still have, like at this point, (laughs) like at this point, there's not a whole lot left for them to backpedal on unless they want to just call the system the 360 again. Sony now? How about now? Which is still very bizarre to me, considering all the problems Sony had last year with uh, hacking and whatnot. Um, it's it's yeah, interesting because they, they, the, they did a really good thing for Microsoft, you know, like the whole like PS Plus thing. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, Microsoft at this last E three is actually in the same position that Sony was the E three where the PS three came out, like of just completely misinterpreting um, who they were marketing their console to. And all Sony had to do is, you see all this shit that they're doing? We don't do that. I mean, we're not changing anything, but at least we're not doing that. I I still have my problems with the PS4, but it's oh, yeah. it, it's consider it is considered even with, even though the um that even though the Xbox One has backpedaled on so much and taken away so much of the there's an, there's not well first off the the market that they're going for as far as um as far as where their games are kind of marketed to is not a demographic that I'm really all that interested in. So, um, so that on its own is, is kind of, you know, whatever, but, um, but they're also just their attitude towards it and their, the direction that they've been heading. It's, it's really, it was a really, really bizarre thing to, to see them announce the Xbox one. And it seemed like they didn't, they didn't know themselves who they were marketing it to. It's like they were marketing it to a group of people for whom um, live TV was still a thing, like a big draw for, but at the same time, they also had internet connections good enough to be always online, and yet hadn't weren't cable cutters. Keep up with technology. Yeah, it was such a contradictory thing they seem to be shooting for that I'm not sure and and their their own message was so garbled that they they didn't really seem to know where they were shooting for either so like they even with that with, the, with that initial that initial um announcement and then throughout E3 and all that stuff they 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 gave such contradictory statements about things that it really didn't seem like they had the slightest idea of what they were doing there's just there's so many companies out there that just 
they they need to realize there's an audience that values you know representation consistency just deliver we want to give you our money <laughs> but it's just I, i'm on, i'm on a roll here and i'm just sitting here like no you're fucking audience listen to what people are telling you over and over and over again you know if there's like tumblr groups that are really rabid about something or other listen to them listen to the hashtags on twitter get more people involved in in you know uh social media right now listen to your audience develop for an audience you know build it and they will come that sort of thing and you know for the love of god fire dan didio and Bob if, your talent, if your talent is walking out on you over and over and over again at the rate of like you know maybe four times a year, the best advice I ever got was when I was in the uh, the mental ward, you know, years ago, and they said if the way you were doing things worked, you wouldn't be here. Guys, your shit's not working anymore. Change it. Do something. Well, they are doing a talent search. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Can can you... Ah, they're, they're, oh, the Harley Quinn thing. Please, please tell us what that is really quick before we take off, because I, I just really wanted to mention this. Alright, so, uh, in short, um, a page of the script for Harley Quinn number zero, which is coming up in December? November, which November. is really tight deadline shit right there, and very strange. Yep. Uh, it was released. Um, there's a contest going on, which is not really a contest, if you read their terms. You draw the page, you submit it to them, and they will look it over, and they will choose a winner who that who will then have that page published in Harley Quinn number zero. Yeah, and what's the problem with it? Okay, so it's four panels worth of peril with Harley Quinn. And the fourth one, which seems to be the most, uh, you know, antagonistic... Uh, yeah, egregious. Uh, Harley Quinn sitting naked in a bathtub with toasters, blow dryers, blenders, appliances, and all dangling above her a bathtub as she's as she has a cord that will release them all. We are watching the moment before the inevitable death. Her expression of one is one of oh well, guess that's it for me, and she has resigned herself to the moment that is going to happen. So they want you to draw a naked Harley Quinn about. Oh, yeah, but for a T for Teen book, so no bits. <laughs> if, if, if there was a way that I could audibly just sit here with a face that's just blinking, I'd do it. <laughs> yep. I think I just did it. It was... <laughs> oh, George, that's an angry bear. Yeah, and I mean, I, I don't find this thing offensive. Like, Oh, I do. There, it could be worse. It could be worse. I'm, you know what? It could be worse is no excuse for it. It's pretty bad already. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's it's terrible material for an artist search. It's a terrible idea for, like, a comic. It's a terrible idea for a contest for talent. Because, I mean, you're not... There's just so many things wrong with all of this. Just, it's just so unusual. What I find really alarming is the deadline. Like, this is for something that's getting published in November. You didn't have enough stories go into this? Yeah. To I know, right? issue, you gotta have this pin-up of, you know, what, what is this? What yeah. are you doing? 
And I mean, like, there's... Could you there's... literally not find anybody at DC willing to illustrate this for you? <laughs> not that if you're running you through something. artists. Not if you're running through artists. You need to find some more somehow. When you're not doing shows and taking portfolio submissions or any of that other stuff, you would normally find people through. But, yeah, like, <sighs> there's stuff to be mad about in this script, but, like, the people running with it are just, like... It's just a lot of people that don't seem to know anything about how to make a comic book to start with. Because they're getting mad about the weirdest stuff. And I mean, like... It's... Even in context, it doesn't look like it's suicide. Because it looks... If you read the other panels, it's just like... Okay, she doesn't look like she... uh, She looks like she can't believe what she's doing. That doesn't sound like somebody who's actually, like... Suicidal. Like she wants to kill herself. She looks like somebody forced into a situation she doesn't want to be in. And it's just... It's just messed up. And I bet somewhere Paul Dini is fuming. (laughs) Uh, Jimmy Palmiotti came out and said that it was part of, like, a meta sequence, like a breaking the fourth wall kind of thing. So, one of the things that bothers me is that there's no dialogue in the script. So, you know, not only is the artist writing without leaving room for a letterer, yeah, there's no context. So it looks it looks like it's just like four pinups worth of peril put on one page, which is But nuts. any comic artist worth their salt knows that you don't get hired with pinups. You get hired by, you know, Yeah, like it's not even pinups. There's well, actually unless you're storytelling. It's calling for storytelling. Because it's it's got like actions that she needs to do and expressions that she needs to emote on the page it's not just cheesecake pinups though i really would like to see the submissions coming out of this because i just want i wouldn't i guarantee you it's like you it's gonna be terrible because it's gonna be a lot of people that don't know how to comic trying to make a comic and i bet you one of the worst ones is gonna get hired which you know pisses me off because hi i do comics Use some work. <laughs> are you submitting or are you saying fuck this? I, you know what? I don't know. It's not too far off from a lot of the work that I do do. Like I do a lot of death trap stuff and you know peril stuff, but it's all for clients who are like, I want to see her escape or I want to see him escape. I want him to you know get out of this and save the day. But do you really want to work for DC Comics? Right that's now? that's the thing though. Like I've been advocating to you know take care of yourself you know do your independent stuff don't submit to these kind of people to you know go through their bullshit and take that abuse and you have to make a living too Mm -hmm. and the one thing that i think dc can pull through is pull through on is sending out checks that don't bounce Hmm. you know if they're bouncing checks to creatives there's there's something respecting the creative process Mm. perhaps and and respecting their creators just in general, mentally, physically, all that stuff. You know, yeah. like, it, it's a toxic work environment. Yeah, and I don't even know if they're doing uh, exclusives anymore. Like, back in the day, uh, a writer or an artist would sign exclusively with DC or Marvel. And with that, they would get, sometimes they would get uh, guaranteed work, but the big thing was they would get signing bonuses and things like health care. 
as far as I know, almost everything is work for hire right now. Mm. Because look at look at all the long-time artists leaving. They can't afford to put somebody on the payroll like they that. They really couldn't. And I mean, uh, I think it was Jerry Ordway that was working with them as an mm-hmm. artist, and he was just not getting work. You know, they Jerry fucking Ordway, who's been around forever. Hmm, and he's still a solid artist, and there's nothing wrong with his style. But here's here's the sad part is, we aren't even close to anybody. I mean, I've got friends who did work for DC, but I'm not even, like, I'm not his best friend or whatever. I mean, I don't know anything about the inner workings. And if this stuff is bleeding through out of the company to, you know, your average comic book reader, think about how much worse it is actually inside the shit that they're not letting leak out. I believe it. I mean, I work in the game industry. (laughs) Oh my god. It's, you know... Companies need to figure out who their audiences are, and they need to treat their creators and developers better. They have to, or they're going to fucking implode. Well, it's, yep, it's, it's going to um, be a glorious meltdown. I can't wait. Revolution! Well, it's interesting, like, the, the rise of the Kickstarter stuff, and, and especially you have people um, who, you know, are leaving the larger companies and the larger publishers and all that stuff, and... and setting off and doing their own things and getting the crowdfunding for it. And that's also plays back into the whole idea that people will pay for something that, that if they're being delivered to, mm-hmm. um, piracy goes down when Netflix is introduced. To it, and that, that's one of the things too, is that, is that piracy by and large is, I mean, money definitely is a factor, but it's, it's almost more of a convenience thing. Like if you make something available and you make it, convenient and easy for somebody to get to pay get for yeah. most people will pay for it people will pay for convenience um oh yeah that's how the itunes uh the music store started mm-hmm. right that's and that's how it took off CDs anymore <laughs> uh, when, when itunes uh, got introduced to fight off was it do they do they basically like once itunes intru- was introduced napster pretty much kind of went to shit Napster, well, Napster, was, uh, Napster was already kind of dismantled by that point, but um, well, that was by that was by the uh, the uh, RIAA. That wasn't really so much because of this model that uh, this business model that was set up in its place. But once iTunes was in place, look it, how much shit is available on iTunes now. Now you got movie Amazon Prime is showing you know yeah, and it rent- took a cut out of torrents and uh, yeah, yeah really pirating, did. right? Yeah. Don't make pirating easier by putting all these restrictions on everything. Make it available to people, and the piracy will fall. Well, when you, like, by and large, when you put more restrictions in place to, like, like with the DRM stuff, and, and, like, a lot of, like, the restrictive means for trying to fight piracy just kind of encourages piracy. Um, Uh, Like Sims 3. (laughs) That was pretty awesome. Where if you tried to... Wasn't... was it in Sims 3 or was it some other game? Where, oh, no, it, no, was, it Sim was some City. other game. Sim City. Sim City. There was some then, other game about being a game developer. And if you pirated that game, game you would story. lose all your money because people were pirating your game. But if you bought it legitimately, that wasn't in there. That is Game Dev Story, and it is a mobile game. It's very awesome. Brilliant. <laughs> I loved that. Yeah, they also, like, they actually put that in there, and they set up a torrent for it, so it's not yeah, like... Yeah, they did that just to see who was pirating. I thought, yeah. that, was, I thought that was genius! <laughs> I mean, if you if you don't want other people to pirate it, you need to seed it yourself, and you need to make that copy. <laughs> right. 
with a little adjustment somewhere. So the the more avenues of of access people have, the less money you're going to lose. Shut up and take our money. (laughs) Please, it's just lying here. You know, there's actually um, there's two different um, game kickstarters right now that are that are going on that I want to toss you guys a link for to put in the in the show notes. Um, well, currently, um, I think both are going until the end of October. Um, one is for, right, that's, um, by uh, Keiji and Afune, it's, um, I think Mighty Number 9 is the name of that game. The other one is by, um, uh, what's it called, Way Forward, um, Shantae and Pirates, and no, it's Shantae Half Genie Hero. Way Forward, the guys who did, uh, the DuckTales Remastered. Yes, they've awesome. done, WayForward's a pretty awesome company as far as what they've put out. Um, and, and yeah, they're basically they, they came out saying, okay, well, people are saying that they want to see us do more original stuff. So without, you know, and so rather than, you know, going to a publisher to try to, to um, get permission to do this stuff, we'll, we're just taking this directly to you. Here's what we want to make. Uh, if you guys want it, and that's and I want I really want to see both of them actually go all the way, and uh, yeah. So hopefully, by you the time shut they, up. You know, where's the money? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, Kickstarter is not necessarily the the end all be all solution to the whole thing, but it's definitely a step in the right direction, and it's it's an example of you know these these companies, these uh, content providers shutting up and taking your money to put out what you want to see. And sidestepping the marketing department. Didn't they get like a fucking Veronica Mars movie? Yep. Funded off of Kickstarter alone? And there's like, it is kind of a right place, right time thing with Kickstarter. Sometimes there's there's other stuff that that doesn't go anywhere, uh, and there's definitely an oversaturation in there right now. But there's Kickstarter, there's Indiegogo, but it's this huge new avenue it's not even it is. That it's it. It's, it's a very, it's a very um, legitimate means for um, people with the means to do these things, getting these things that otherwise probably wouldn't get pun- get not pun- uh, published, um, wouldn't get wouldn't get published, wouldn't get funded by major publishers, getting them out there because you know they're lower budget things that where they're going to the people who want to see it made to, you know, get the funding for it. And, and it's they going can... directly to the artists and, and the labor. And the exactly. Well, and, yeah. and um, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of these, these developers for, for the Kickstarter stuff are not paying themselves very much to make these games either. Which yeah, is this isn't like a big profit-making scheme. Right. You know? I mean, you're not paying a huge company, but you're not going to make much profit. There was, there was the, um, the Skullgirls... The Skullgirls Kickstarter that um, where they broke down exactly how much money was going where and the money that I they were. I think transparency is fantastic in a yeah. situation like this. Yeah, they and they, like you know if you look directly at the um, the amount that they put aside to pay themselves, um, it came down to around ten dollars an hour. Um, it, like, which is they, roughly half of what a seasoned game dev would be making. Right. Yeah, it's it's. I, it, it's about what I make, and I and my job is kind of crap. So, um, it's it, they they really they 
it's they they really are um labors of love in a lot of these in a lot of these cases and you have people really enthusiastic about what they're doing and 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 there and you get stuff that's not about the money and it's about the it's about the creativity and about the um about putting out what they want to see out there and what their audience wants to see there's an audience for everything and there's something for every audience if you want to see cool shit look up some cool shit and 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 fund it and if there's something out there that's making you unhappy don't buy it. Drop. I, I'm like I said. I'm gonna drop that. I've dropped Supergirl, Wonder Woman. It's so hard to make me drop Wonder Woman, but they managed to do it. I, I still can't believe you dropped Supergirl. It wasn't interesting. <laughs> Sorry, it was boring. It was. As soon as Sterling left, I didn't really like it very much. I mean, I'm not kissing his ass. I really liked his Supergirl. So I got to be friends with him in the first place. But it's, mm. you know, it's just, it's just one of relatable characters. <laughs> I don't want sex dolls running all over the place, man. It's just <laughs> mid teenage sex dolls. Yeah. yeah. What people think women are like. It's just very bothersome. But anyway, I know we could go on for another two or three hours, but I think we, we, we'd probably kill our audience. But thank you guys so, <laughs> so, so much. Now cross your fingers and pray to the giant avocado that we sacrificed. <laughs> that that this actually records and saves. We're doing this on my computer, so there's not going to be a fucking blue screen, George. Why are you blaming me? Because it was your computer, so it's your fault. How? Somehow, I'll figure out a way to blame you. Anyway, this has been episode 67 of Made It Fail, take three. <laughs> Thank you, Kara, for coming on. You're very welcome. Thank you, Tessa, for returning. No problem. Thank you, George, for showing me how to use PowerGrammo so your computer doesn't fuck everything up again. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks all for listening. Have a good evening. Bye. Night. Shut your fucking face, Uncle Fucker. You're a cocksucking ass licking Uncle Fucker. You're an Uncle Fucker. Yes, it's true. Nobody fucks uncles quite like you. Shut your fucking face, Uncle Fucker. You're the one that fucked your uncle, Uncle Fucker. You don't eat or sleep or mow the lawn. You just fuck your uncle all day long. Hello, listeners. It's your editor, Devin. Do you have questions, comments, cute pictures of cats? Please come to madeavail.net to share this. What's going on here? Madeavail.net, all one word. Shut up and take my money.